Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have terrific guests for today's show, including Kathleen Pasadomo. She is our Florida State Senate president. We'll also visit with Boo Mortensen. Seton Motley is the founder and president of Less Government, and my wife Linda will be joining us at the end of the show. It is November the 21st, on this day in 1877. Thomas Edison announced his invention of the phonograph, a way to record and playback sound. Edison stumbled on one of his great inventions, the phonograph, while working on a way to record telephone communication at his laboratory in Menlo Park. His work led him to experiment with a stylus on a tinfoil cylinder, which, to his surprise, played back the short song he had recorded, Mary Had a Little Lamb. Public demonstrations of the phonograph made the uh, Yankee inventor world famous, and he was dubbed the Wizard of Menlo Park. Edison set aside the, this invention in 1878 to work on the incandescent light bulb and other inventors who uh, moved forward to improve the phonograph. In 1887, Edison resumed his work on the device using the wax cylinder technique developed by Charles Tainer. Although initially used as a dictating machine, the phonograph proved to be a popular tool for entertainment. And in 1906, Edison unveiled a series of musical and theatrical selections to the public through his National Photograph Company. Uh, continuing to improve his models and cylinders over the years, the Edison Disc Phonograph debuted in 1912 with the aim of competing in the popular record market. His discs offered superior sound quality but were not compatible with other popular disc players. During the 1920s, the early record business suffered with the growth of radio. <clears throat> and in 1929, recording production at Edison ceased forever. Uh, Edison was acquired who acquired the astounding 1,093 patents in his 84 years. What a businessman, understanding the value of patents. He died in 1931. Inventor of the phonograph, incandescent light bulb, so many different things that he invented, 1,093 patents. Over the weekend, 420 students from around the country participated in the Great Debate, Florida's National Civics and Debate Competition, an initiative launched by the governor in uh, 2019 to encourage student participation in debate and enhance civic knowledge. The Florida Civics and Debate Initiative teaches students education, which is important, civics education, which is important to ensure future generations understand our nation's core values, DeSanta said. The Great Debate is a tournament that tests students' civic knowledge and communication skills, and students compete to be in the national to become the national champion. A total of 67 winners were crowned in this year's Great Debate competition for both middle school and high school divisions. Pretty incredible. I think I should be very proud of what we've created here in the state of Florida. Just another accomplishment on our great governor and the state legislature. Well, stocks got a, into the holiday spirit yesterday, starting the short trading week by ticking upward yesterday. However, the weather's not going to cooperate. It may not uh, with your with travel plans. Hope you're staying home. Uh, if you're not, the TSA estimates that 30 million people will fly around Thanksgiving. 49.1 million are expected to drive to their celebrations, and 750,000 will hop on Amtrak, according to the New York Times. But some of those plans may get washed out or delayed by big storms brewing in the eastern United States. Severe thunderstorms are developing in the south, and heavy rains are expected to hit the southeast and mid-Atlantic. North New England may even see some snow on Wednesday. <clears throat> That'll get you in the holiday spirit. Well, this is uh, shocking and uh, disturbing. A little-known surveillance program tracks more than a trillion domestic phone calls within the United States each year, according to a letter uh, Wired obtained that was sent by U.S. Senator John Wyden to the Department of Justice on Sunday, challenging the program's legality. According to the letter, a surveillance program known, known as Data Analytical Services, or DAS, has more than a decade allowed federal, state, and local law enforcement agencies to mine details of Americans' calls, analyzing the phone records of countless people who are not suspected of any crime, including victims. 
Using a technique known as chain analysis, the program targets not only those in direct phone contact with a criminal suspect, but also anyone with whom the individual has been in contact with as well. Yesterday I watched Citizen Four. <clears throat> it was produced, I think, in 2014, directed by Laura Poietis. Uh, it's about the Ed Snowden story, and it's really, really, it runs about an hour and 53 minutes before I knew that I was going to be talking about this, but it's extremely disturbing. Ed Snowden, you know, is portrayed as a hero because he wanted to out all the information about the surveillance of Amer American citizens, and uh, Citizen Four is a terrific documentary. I highly recommend it. Nevertheless, it's uh, disturbing that right now we're seeing evidence that's being played out for over a decade here in the United States. We are supposed to be free, independent individuals, and government surveillance of our activities does not enhance freedom at all. <clears throat> so how do we make Social Security solvent and a better deal for every young worker in America? Well, cutting Social Security benefits is political suicide for Republicans, and that's the problem with Social Security is that the benefits paid out to retirees are way too low, not too high. There's a much better plan for today's workers rather than raising the 12.4% payroll tax and cutting promised benefits, which forces them to pay out, pay in and get less out. What kind of deal is that? It's not a good deal. Under the Own America account, uh, and that's in quote, Own America account plan, first outlined in the Wall Street Journal by Stephen Moore and Jeff Yass, Workers would be given the option of having their payroll tax payments placed into a personal 401k-type account with the money invested in index funds or stocks and bonds. Every worker in America would now become a part owner of every publicly traded company in America. If we had adopted the system 40 years ago, the average retiree would be receiving a monthly benefit of not $1,800 a month, but like five dollars to $10,000 a month. In fact, I recall when this was being promoted under the Bush administration, and uh, obviously ignorant, uh, financially ignorant congressman get up, gets up to say we can't stand the ups and downs of the marketplace, all that kind of nonsense. Almost all workers who uh, worked 40 years or more full-time would not only have much more retirement income, but likely would be able to leave an inheritance of well over a million dollars to their children at the time of death. Some might argue that the stock and bond market is too risky. Well, that's just wrong. Stocks are risky in the short term, but safe in the long term. I mean, they're up every seven every 10 years, and that's a conservative estimate. Even if we take a worst-case scenario and pick the worst 40-year period for stocks in American history, that would be 1969 to 2008 or 1929 to 2000 uh, to 1958. Workers would do substantially better than what Social Security promises. This would also do more to reduce income and wealth inequality in America than virtually any other policy. This is because the payroll tax denies lower income Americans the ability to accumulate ownership and wealth. The lower the income of a worker, the more the economic situation improves by having an Own America account, and the more we lower the wealth gap uh, between rich and poor. Wouldn't this run up uh, the national debt as governor, uh, government would be forced to borrow more to pay for the benefits to current senior citizens that are now offset by current workers' payroll taxes? Absolutely not, for two reasons. First, every dollar in the additional federal borrowing uh, every uh, additional dollar of uh, federal borrowing in the short term would be offset for dollars with a reduction in future benefit obligations and higher savings by American workers' deposits in the Own America accounts. This plan involves no net reduction in national savings. And second, the plan would wipe out more than $20 trillion of unfunded Social Security liabilities, the excess of promised benefits over payroll taxes collected. The Own America accounts would constitute the largest debt reduction plan in history, the biggest tax cut for workers in American history because workers would now be get to keep their personal account when they currently pay into Social Security's black hole. And number three, the greatest wealth accumulation opportunity for every income and racial group ever invented. Kind of makes too much sense, doesn't it? But it's a great idea. I mean, right now, Social Security includes some benefits like a disability, full disability, and uh, retirement. And if when you die, you get $250. Well, wipe all that stuff out and just allow uh, each worker to, to uh, participate in the American economy, the world economy. It would be a great benefit for all, including uh, our budget. <clears throat> 
Hopefully, uh, President Trump will bring this up in his next term. Republican Kansas Senator Roger Marshall endorsed former President Donald Trump on Monday in the 2024 presidential election, saying he believes it's time for the GOP to unite behind Trump. Now, I don't know who Senator Roger Marshall is. He's from Kansas. But I certainly agree with him. Marshall released a statement slamming President Joe Biden, saying, Since the day Joe Biden stepped foot in the Oval Office, this White House declared war on American agriculture and the American energy independence in pursuit of the Green New Deal agenda and electric vehicle mandates. Amid Joe Biden's totally absent leadership, we've also completely abandoned our Christian values and undermined our constitutional rights, Marshall continued. Uh, Farm country is struggling. Every day, the American dream is being pushed further out of reach. We need an America first leader back in the White House who fights for families in the heartland and the values we live by, he said. While others may try to imitate him, only President Trump will put our country back on the track on day one. It's time for the GOP to unite behind President Trump. Let's end the political primary charade and focus on retiring, Joe Biden, Marshall added. Trump was uh, just in Iowa over the weekend where he delivered a speech at Fort Dodge High School. He remains the frontrunner for the Republican presidential nomination in all polls by large numbers, and I would say even growing numbers. And by the way, this is a great endorsement from Senator Roger Marshall. There's also an endorsement from Governor uh, Greg Abbott from uh, from Texas as well for uh, President uh, Donald Trump. I think that's a great idea. Let's consolidate and work on uh, changing to the Republican presidential nominee, President Donald Trump, and uh, oust this uh, administration. Well, a lawsuit filed by activists who want Georgia to ditch its electronic voting machines in favor of hand-marked paper ballots will get a trial without jury, a federal judge ruled. Now, this is a big deal. U.S. District Judge Amy Totenberg issued a 135-page ruling on Friday in the long-running lawsuit which questions whether Georgia's electronic voting system has major cybersecurity flaws that amount to a violation of voters' constitutional rights to cast their votes and have those votes accurately counted. The lawsuit was uh, filed by a coalition for good governance and several individual voters against a Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger and members of the state election board. The election voting system in Georgia currently uses uh, machines purchased from Dominion Voting Systems. The judge would uh, set a January 6th bench trial, which means there would be no jury. She also suggested that the two sides work together to reach a resolution. Now, she basically says, you know, we can't uh, tell Georgia what to do, but we can only rule on uh, whether, in fact, uh, Dominion voting machines are vulnerable, and uh, they plan to do that. This is actually, I think, in my opinion, the first time we're uh, looking at Dominion voting machines in a court of law. Other court cases have been uh, uh, pretty much dismissed or agreed upon before getting to trial. So this is a big deal, and uh, I think it's going to be great for the American workers. Dominion uh, voting machines finally on trial. <clears throat> this segment of the show brought to you by the good show folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, Kathleen Pasadomo, our state Senate president, that and more, right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. 
Lulubee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulubees.com and stop by Lulubee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulubee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulubee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. They get the politics and know the policy. They help prepare elected officials to enter the legislatures across the state and the nation. You can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org, thefga.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Boo Mortensen. Right now we have with us our Florida State Senate President, Kathleen Pasadomo. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. You too. Well, thank you. You have big plans? Uh, well, all my uh, kids, my three daughters, and their families are going to be here, so it's going to be a wonderful uh, Thanksgiving. Outstanding. So uh, I guess that means uh, you're kind of in a hiatus between activity, because I know that the uh, legislative session is coming up in January. Right, yeah. We, have, we had uh, two committee weeks in November. Uh, we have two in December. Uh, I'm, I'm going up next week because I have obviously more responsibilities and uh, the committees are starting to meet and look at bills and we're, we're starting to work on the budget and waiting for the governor's budget, which we should get hopefully first week or second week in December so that we can start crafting our budget. And, uh, you know, members are uh, pursuing their interests, their bills. And I, uh, you know, I've got uh, two big initiatives I'm working on. So that's, that's where we're at. Uh, what one would be uh, workforce housing, would it not? Yeah, we did. We did a very robust bill, uh, the Live Local Act, last session. <clears throat> we may do a little more enhancement to that bill, but certainly not as uh, as comprehensive as last session. Uh, this session, I'm working on Live Healthy, <laughs> uh-huh. sticking with the theme, uh, workforce development for uh, healthcare. We're doing a, a big mental health component and um, things like a diversion from the emergency room, um, you know, get, getting, uh, getting health care workers into the rural communities where they don't have any or very little. So that's going to be a big bill. Um, also working on a, a public school DREG bill, and uh, that, that's, that's had some challenges. Some people were are not supportive of all of our measures, so we're going to work it out. Well, of course, but uh, deregulation, of course, is just music to my ears. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I think that's not only appropriate in education, but also in health care. Yeah, we are doing uh, some of that. Uh, You know, you've got to be careful. My philosophy is I certainly don't want uh, anybody uh, randomly being able to uh, do surgery, and so that's kind of important to keep an eye on that. But otherwise... Um, you, you know, uh, 
allowing people that have uh, valid licenses from other states to come in, that kind of thing is, is helpful. Absolutely. Crossing state lines. And I mean, I, I think right now, practicing medicine across state borders with technology and all the things that we have available to us right now, I think we right. cut through all the paperwork and uh, just clear things up and bring things into the 21st century. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, Kathleen, just I just genuinely appreciate your commentary here on the show, and I hope you and your family had a, a wonderful Thanksgiving. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. You too. Have a great day. You as well. Thank you so much. By the way, uh, I want to just bring you up to date on uh, pro-life activist Mark Houck and his wife, uh, Ryan Marie Houck, are suing the Biden administration seeking $4.3 million in the damages after heavily armed FBI agents stormed their home and arrested Mark Houck at his children's, as his children watched in horror. Do you remember that? It's just terrible. I mean, the SWAT team of 25 to 30 FBI agents swarmed uh, his home and arrested Mark Houck as his, his children watched. Uh, Houck, the founder and president of the Kingsmen, which promotes healing for victims of pornography addiction and promotes Christian virtues, was charged with violating the Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances Act, uh, due to claims uh, attacked uh, of a patient escort, <clears throat> Mark Houck is seeking $1.1 million in damages for malicious and retaliatory uh, persecution, false arrest, abusive process, and assault. Ryan Marie Houck, his wife, is suing for $3.25 million for severe emotional and physical distress that culminated in three miscarriages. She was triggered by the stress of the FBI's conduct and resulting prosecution, according to the notice of claim filed with the DOJ's tort branch. The stress of these events has taken an immediate toll, an immense toll on her body, such a significant toll that she had three miscarriages from the stress, said the notice. Doctors have now diagnosed her with infertility. So uh, alongside with the trauma, paranoia, and anxiety she has suffered, she now carries the grief of losing three children and the pain of infertility. Can you imagine that? So I'm really pulling for them. I think that these arrests that the FBI has been making are malicious, uh, you know, for basically they're trying to live out their values and yet they're being attacked. 25 and 30 FBI agents showing up at their home with guns pointed at them <clears throat> at 7.05 in the morning. 15 different vehicles surrounded the house in rural Bucks County. It's just unbelievable. Before opening the door, she explained her husband tried to calm them, saying, please, I'm going to open the door, but please, please, my children are in home. I have seven babies in the house, but they just kept pounding and screaming, she said. Uh, just atrocious behavior. And uh, this Department of Justice, the FBI, these agencies have all been politicized, and it's just so unfortunate, and weaponized, quite frankly, against, against American citizens. And remember the column we talked about earlier in the, in the show, about the uh, uh, the uh, surveillance that the American government has on its people. We should have such surveillance around the government, quite frankly. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Boo Morton. So we'll find out what's new with Boo, that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show. Here on the Bob Hartman Broadcasting Network. Are you looking to buy or sell a home? Make it a convenient and stress-free experience by calling the dynamic and trustworthy husband and wife team of Megan and Matt Chionis with Gulf Coast International Properties. Find out about their unique and complimentary post-closing concierge services not offered by other area agents. Matt and Megan Chionis give you the competitive advantage to command a premium price for your property. They personally attend all showings, create a marketing strategy for your property, and offer that complimentary concierge service to your potential buyer. This hands-on approach has helped them set several sales records in Pelican Bay and many at near record prices. Megan and Matt Chionis understand that as an affluent buyer-seller, your needs and desires are unique. You deserve this level of service. Megan and Matt Chionis are passionate about the Naples lifestyle and they want you to enjoy it too. Call Megan and Matt Chionis with Gulf Coast International Properties at 239-269-5310. That's 239-269-5310. You have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. 
With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now, it's time to find out what's new with Boo. Boo Mortensen, former voice of Madison, Wisconsin. Boo, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Well, it's my pleasure, Bob. And i got to tell you, all these holidays, we are now in the holiday season We've already experienced Halloween, which starts it all off. So I thought, well, I'd be curious to see what people spend on all these holidays. Yeah. It's, it's breathtaking how much people spend. As an example, for Halloween, people spend basically on candy, decorations, costumes, $108 per, $108 per person. Wow. Which translates out to $12.2 billion. It adds up, doesn't it? <laughs> it adds up. It seems like after COVID, people have just gone for it and are just bringing it all out. Now, Thanksgiving is a little bit more subdued because you don't have the volume of the costumes. Yeah. But Thanksgiving dinner for 10 people comes out to $6.20 per person. And actually, what do you think? Do you think Thanksgiving or Christmas is bigger? You know, that's a great question. In terms, well, of course, Christmas, you have all the gifts. So I would guess Christmas would be bigger. I would too, but more people celebrate Thanksgiving than they do Christmas. Good point. Hmm. Interesting. I would not know that. What are the three biggest holidays in the United States? Well, I would guess uh, Christmas, Thanksgiving, and uh, Valentine's Day. I have no idea. Just Memorial Day. Memorial Day. Of course, with all the food and the cookouts and all that. Right. Now, Christmas is the most popular holiday both in the United States and in the world. <clears throat> and 60% of Americans shop online. I didn't know that. Hmm. I thought people still went into bricks and mortar. Mm-hmm. Apparently, they don't. And Americans... the. the just in America, we spend $932 per person, which translates out to $930 billion. People are spending money like crazy. That's a lot of tamales, isn't it? Now, that's for Christmas. Christmas, yep. Yes. Which do you think is the least popular holiday? Well... (laughs) Guy Folks Day, I have no idea. <laughs> Whatever that is. Yeah, I have no uh, The least favorite, least most pop, least popular is Valentine's. Huh. And I have to say, we don't do anything. No. Lauren and I used to exchange the same card over and over again for years because we didn't want to spend 12 bucks on a card. Well, you know what I, I started doing? I've done it for a couple years now, is I just write... A note. I wrote a personal Valentine's note, if you will, uh, to Linda, and uh, that's uh, that's been pretty much of a hit. And uh, well, that's a lot more meaningful. Yeah, it is. Well, obviously, the most popular, profitable holiday is Christmas. What is the oldest holiday in the world? The oldest holiday in the world. Halloween. No. When I when you tell when I tell you you'll go well of course, <clears throat> New Year's. Of course, <laughs> that's exactly why. Absolutely, I think it, even the Aztecs were celebrating New Year's. Everybody, I mean, they had sacrifices. However, we've changed calendars, and I think, and of course, the Jewish have a, a different New Year's uh, 
uh, than, than we have. The Chinese do too. So while it's perhaps universally celebrated, it's not always on the same day. Correct. But it's always celebrated. Yeah. Great point. Okay. Uh, now, what month in the year has no holiday in it? None. Hmm. March? I think there's something in March. Maybe March is, I don't know. I don't know what is March, but that's incorrect. The only month that has no holiday is August. Interesting. The dog days of August. Huh. Well, we certainly have our share of holidays, and what you're pointing out is we spend a lot of money on it. I, one of the things I understand, you said uh, dinner is $6.10 per person, I think, earlier in, uh, in our interview. Right. That surprises me how low it is, because apparently statistics say that uh, uh, how, that uh, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving dinner is 25% more expensive this year than it was two years ago. Well, we haven't celebrated. The numbers are not in for this year, so for Thanksgiving and Christmas, the numbers that I gave you, and I should have said this in the beginning, were for 2022. Uh-huh. I think they will <clears throat> dr- jump significantly this year because the cost of everything, including turkey, is just absolutely skyrocketed. I have to tell you, every time I go into the grocery store, I walk out of there absolutely flabbergasted. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're not alone. I'm, and some people are just changing their eating habits as, as, a, as a result of everything that's going on. And apparently, 60% of folks are living paycheck to paycheck. I mean, literally, and borrowing up from credit cards. Uh, borrowing is way up on credit cards right now. Uh, over a trillion dollars of, of in a, uh, credit card debt across America. Uh, we, we just need to get have a change of uh, activity, a change of uh, fiscal responsibility here in the United States, starting with the, the administration. Listen... This is my takeaway from all of this. After watching all of the, the circus of Congress and these people that have been elected, they're threatening to get into fistfights with each other. They're turning alarms on. They're acting like a bunch of morons. And um, I, I'm so, I, don't, I don't think anybody in Washington is capable of doing anything. We're just sort of like a rudderless ship. Now, I know that's super negative, but I got to tell you, I am not proud. No, I, I definitely agree with you. In fact, uh, the, the Congress, the House of Representatives and the Senate is supposed to be a deliberative body where people are considering policy and weighing things carefully and coming to rational conclusions about the direction we should take. And when you take a look at uh, what's going on, especially coming from the progressive left, you see this uh, Green New Deal and all the things, which is imploding, right? quite frankly, I mean... The, uh, the thinking that somehow, some way, we're going to get energy without carbon-based fuel is just totally ridiculous, and we should just stop the nonsense right now and get back to uh, drill, baby, drill. Well, I totally agree, and I I think that the administration we're fighting we're involved in two wars now, and we're we're sending billions, and th- these are this is money that we all have contributed in taxes, and I think a lot of people are saying. Look at let's become more isolationist. Let's talk about what's happening and how we can fix America and stop sending money to all these other countries. I know that that's not probably a sustainable way to live in this world, but you're hearing it more and more. Well, I, I happen to be in, in agreement with that. And sometimes it's in our interest to spend money around the globe. And when it serves our purpose, and I'm talking about that making America great again, or our, our, our natural pur- national purpose, we should spend money. I, have, uh, I totally agree with that. But when we don't, or when we can't connect the dots, we should be very careful about how we spend. For example, we're making contributions to the U.N., they just came out with a ruling on climate change that's absolutely ridiculous, saying the temperatures are going to increase worldwide by three degrees in the next 10 years. And if we don't do something about it, blah, 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 you continue. It's just all foolish nonsense. In my opinion, at a minimum, we should kick the U.N. out of New York City, number one. And number two, I, I think we should consider about dropping our membership. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> I don't know what sort of an impact they've made. Uh, toward anything, really. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> most of the people, you know, for example, they've called for a ceasefire in uh, Israel. I mean, they're, they're, 
the policy decisions in the UN are just totally ridiculous. And I think I think it's good to have a forum for discussion between nature, uh, nations. But the uh, UN was formed back before we had the internet, back before we had uh, uh, other means of communication that are kind of instantaneous. We don't need that body anymore to communicate across nations. We can do it very quickly uh, without some sort of a meeting in uh, New York City. You know, that you're right. You're right. It's outlived its usefulness. As has NATO and just so many different organizations. Here's the thing. Once you start with an organization, uh, uh, bureaucracy, it's almost impossible to close it down. And you could just look at the Department of Education and all the various departments we have here in the United States that are absolutely useless, provide no value, and yet it costs us billions of dollars. Yep, all the taxpayer money going up in smoke. Absolutely. So, Boo, you have big Thanksgiving plans? Yeah, yeah, I think there'll, there'll be about 13 here for dinner. Wow. So the minute I get off the phone, where do you think I'm going? Well, you're going to the kitchen. <laughs> well, I'm going to the grocery store oh. first. <laughs> I got to go back there, and uh, and then I'll, I'll head to the kitchen. But, you know, it's all good. It's all about family. It's all about being together. And, you know, I'm at the age now, people don't like the food. The heck with it. If there's not enough, the heck with it. Yeah. <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> Boo, always appreciate your commentary here on the show, and I hope you and yours have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Well, and Th- I hope you and Linda have a terrific Thanksgiving as well. Thank you so much, Boo. All right, coming up, I'm going to visit with Seton Modley, the founder and president of Less Government. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show and the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show. Here on the Bob Hartman Broadcasting Network. Two-thirds of parents prefer educational options for their children, with 40% strongly preferring options for their child's education. School choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America. The Optima Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit corporation, was founded to support the establishment and expansion of superior quality schools of choice. Optima's goal was the successful launch of Hillsdale College Varney Charter School, Initiative Classical Academies, and other schools of excellence across the state of Florida, serving kindergarten through the 12th grade. The mission is to train the minds and improve the hearts of young people through a content-rich classical education in the liberal arts and sciences with instruction in the principles of moral character and civic virtue. In a terrific product of the process, Naples Classical Academy has already opened here in Naples. You can find out more by visiting the website Optima.Foundation. Help children in Florida optimize their educational opportunities. Visit www.Optima.Foundation. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, changing lives through exceptional theater experiences. I served for the board chairman for 15 years for Gulf Shore Playhouse. I'm very proud of what they're accomplishing. I hope you'll visit the website and get some tickets to some great performances coming up. The website is gulfshoreplayhouse.org. We have with us Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. We all aspire to less government, but it's very difficult to accomplish, isn't it? Not, not all of us. Um, 
Yes, uh, I think we're outnumbered and hopelessly outgunned. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. You th- yeah. this piece that you wrote, I think, is so interesting. I just encourage our listeners to uh, read it because it's got a lot of new information. Government internet digital discrimination designed to end the private internet. That's <laughs> pretty pretty uh, dramatic. Maybe you could tell us about it. Well, I. I first founded Left Government as an entity in 2010. And in 2009, I was working at the Media Research Center. And the Obama FCC hired as, I believe, its first chief diversity officer, a guy by the name of Mark Lloyd. And Mark Lloyd had written a... he Remember, this is 2009. You have to think back to the, the media landscape at that point. The Internet was 16, you know, 14 years younger and not nearly as omnipresent as it was then. Right. Back then, talk radio. I mean, your radio shows on the Internet. And back then, terrestrial, regular, over-the-air broadcast was a big deal. You know, Rush Limbaugh and all that. And he wrote a piece of alleged think tank piece called uh, The Structural Imbalance of Political Talk Radio. And what he did, what he, what he was complaining about is conservative and Christian radio was dominating the airwaves. And what he wanted to do is basically, find, you know, they wanted to charge 100% of the operation, license, uh, operation budget for the year as their broadcast license. And then he came up with this ridiculous mathematical media diversity mathematical equation where there were four numerators all uh, multiplied against each other over the denominator. And if you got a zero in any one of them, meaning, hey, I hired three new people, but none of them are black females. Then you get a zero, and it's all zeroed out, and you get fined. Huh. And so, obviously, when you when you have a when your when your license costs your entire operating budget, that's prohibitive to doing business. Then you get fined for all of these alleged racial sins. The point was, and then all the money was going to go to National Public Radio, and they'd set up these eight pods around the country for National Pod uh, uh, NPR hubs, and the, the whole point was. We're going to only have government media left. We're going to have you know government radio. That's it. Wonderful. Well, I wrote a piece in 2011 called "Forget the Fairness Doctrine." You remember the Fairness Doctrine? Oh, of course. That was the rule that existed since the 50s, and what it was. It was again. It's unfair that conservative and Christian talk radio dominate the airwaves. We need equal time. And Reagan repealed the uh, Fairness Doctrine at the FCC in '87, and. You know, three months later, Rush Limbaugh starts syndicating. Um, the, the, the silencing of speech was obvious by the by the rule. By, by you know when when you saw what its absence did. Anyway, uh, I wrote a piece in 2011 called "Forget the Fairness Doctrine: Net Neutrality is the, the New Form of Censorship," because I, I by 2011 it was obvious the internet was becoming the dominant platform for all communication. Right written, audio, video, all of it. And I said, they're going to, you know, because I remember the Obama administration basically said, we're not, we, we, we've taken the fairness doctrine off the books. Well, that's like saying I'm no longer going to enforce dinosaur husbandry rules. Yeah. I mean, it was an irrelevant regulation, so of course they can make a big show of taking it off the books. But they keep pushing that neutrality. They still do today. They recently voted to begin the process of reimposing it. Uh-huh. Um, and also, just this last week, they did a racial thing. There's these racialist working groups at the FCC. And basically what they've done is they've updated what Mark Lloyd did for radio and are now going to impose it on the Internet. Huh. And like net neutrality, there's a, there's a media Marxist named uh, Robert McChesney, and he said right now well, the ultimate objective of net neutrality is to eradicate the media capitalists and divest them from control meaning take their infrastructure, kick them out, and then run the infrastructure of the Internet. Well, that's government-run Internet, and you've got these two tracks going on right now, one of which is we're going to create this ridiculous racialist uh, matrix of regulations that make it impossible to do business, and we're going to simultaneously, as we've seen, as, as you and I discussed, spend hundreds of billions of dollars on, on government Internet infrastructure so we can re- we can c- combine that with what we're going to take from the private sector and eventually have a government-run internet. 
So uh, net neutrality is a solution. Help me understand what the problem is. Well, the alleged problem is, the alleged problem is that Internet service providers, Comcast, AT&T, Verizon, etc., the people who get you to the Internet, will block you from getting to sites and content you want to get to. Well, the reality is that's never, ever happened because, of course, market forces step in and say, if you hire a company to do X and they refuse to do X, you're not going to right. retain them. You're going to fire them and hire someone else. Um, so that's the alleged problem. And you ask the most virulent net neutrality supporter, please give me one example of, the, of, a, of an Internet provider blocking lawful content. They can't. There isn't one. Right. I can, however, give you, I don't know, nine trillion examples of big tech companies and co- you know, edge companies yeah. blocking content. Yeah. And net neutrality doesn't apply to them. In fact, net neutrality is a huge win for them because it outlaws them being charged for the Internet bandwidth they use. So uh, the net neutrality, the... the the, the, one, the one set of companies that aren't blocking are the only companies that net neutrality applies to. Unbelievable. See, I mean, the, the fact of the matter is that, the, again, somehow, some way, government is trying to just stick its nose in our business and private enterprise, trying to interfere in something that's working just perfectly fine. Not that there's not problems on the Internet. There certainly are. You've got people trying to steal stuff and all kinds. You've got that kind of nonsense going on. But uh, you have censorship. Well, we have that going on, and that's not unique to the sector. Is that, that is correct. And, and you have a, a censorship and all kinds of things that need to be corrected. That is an issue. But right now, uh, right, people are just doing fine with a government intervention. Can you name a more... A more there's, no, there's no coincidence that it's the least regulated sector at the moment. Yeah. At the moment. And it's the most effective sector right. of the economy. Right. Gee, that's, I'm sure that's a coincidence. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Seton, it's just incredible how this all works out. But uh, anyhow, this, this column that you wrote is just really terrific. It's called Government's Internet Digital Discrimination, in quotes, designed to end the private Internet. I encourage you to read it. It's, it's, it's scary. Uh, and uh, you can find it on lessgovernment.org. And Let- just to show you how old this is, I was on Glenn Beck in 2009 on the Fox News Channel discussing this like once a week for like months <laughs> i mean that's how that's how long the fcc has been planning this whether it's for radio or the internet well wow. whatever's whatever whatever the, whatever's the most powerful whatever the, whatever results in the most the, the biggest power grab that's where they're that's where they're, they will apply these ridiculous regulations right i mean we're the constitution the declaration of Independence. is we're born to be free and we create the government in order to help facilitate uh, protecting our our persons and our property, and uh, <laughs> it's gone way the over. The founding fathers created an anomaly in human history. The yeah. government is supposed to be subservient to the people, and the first mistake we made was turning over the education, the the education about that system to the entity that's supposed to be subservient. So true. That was a mistake. That was a mistake. SeatonModelly.org is the, excuse me, LessGovernment.org is the website. You can also visit Less Government on Facebook. Seaton, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much. My pleasure indeed. All right, we're going to have more here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. What do you want to talk about? Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Blue 
Provence restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice are the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. I just uh, We talked to you about uh, Blue per- uh, excuse me, uh, Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center. We're serving great breakfast and lunch. Now serving dinners uh, Wednesday through Saturday, 4 to 8 p.m. And I hope you drop by and uh, enjoy a great meal at uh, Lulabee's Diner in the evening, 4 to 8 p.m. By the way, closed on Thanksgiving. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center. We have with us Linda Harden. She is uh, not only my beautiful wife, she's also extremely well informed about what's happening across the nation and here on the Paradise Coast. Linda, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning. Have you been following this lawsuit? Apparently... Uh, Wait, what? I'm, I'm like 24-7 following all, everything. I know you are, but this uh, this... Uh, Elon Musk lawsuit against Media Matters. This is a big deal. What, what, what oh, it's thoughts? a big deal, and 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 people are invigorated and enthused by it because Media Matters. I mean, what's going around social media is is uh, Media Matters is evil. Pass it on, and that's and that's what everybody's saying on social media because Media Matters has been a perpetrator of lies and deceit and. And censorship and all for years and years and years, and now Elon Musk is going after them with, and I quote, a thermonuclear, unquote, lawsuit. lawsuit yeah, it's kind of interesting. The parent, I don't get the evil why they want to do this, but they've tried to align uh, anti-Semitic uh, tweets and that kind of thing with his advertisers, which is really making his advertisers quit. A lot of advertisers are. Uh, quitting uh, Twitter or X because of uh, what's been going well, on, well, but well, the, but it's, it's all a lie. Apparently, the, that it can't be replicated. What uh, Media Matters has tried to create is is a is a big lie. Can I just say that all the people who said they've quit advertising, I've never seen an ad on on Twitter for any of these people. <laughs> I'm serious. I've never seen an ad for Disney for for all, any of these people who are saying they're they're not going to advertise on it anymore. And and Molly Hemingway, who's who's uh, editor in chief of the Federalist, is shaming these companies like Comcast, like all these companies, NBC, who are piling on. Yeah. Um, and, and say, no, we're not going to advertise. And, and she even said, we have not seen an ad from these people. Yeah. So, be, and, and oh, by the way, you ask, why is Media Matters doing it? I don't know yet, but all I can tell you is follow the money. Follow the money and who's backing them. That, that will be the answer to your question, and I'm determined to find out. It is a not-for-profit, isn't it? Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Up until the last few days... Um, I've spent um, 0.00 seconds on Media Matters just be, because I know that they're that they're a perpetrator of crap yeah. and evil and everybody talks bad. But I haven't done any investigating about what who backs them, and I have a feeling we're going to find out in no time. Well, especially since uh, uh, Attorney General Ken Paxton of Texas has decided to jump on board. He's going to do an investigation into Media Matters as well. Oh, by the way, so is the CEO of Rumble. Yeah. Because Rumble, I mean... Rumble has been um, tried to be knocked down by Media Matters. Um, there's another uh, attorney general, I'm not sure if it's in Missouri, who's also looking into Media Matters. If I were the people in Media Matters, I would be... Very concerned. I'd be up all night yeah. finding out, oh, crap, they're, they're coming after us. And, and it's not just with a lawsuit, it's a thermonuclear <laughs> lawsuit, quote, according to quote Elon unquote. So So... While we're doing lawsuits, Trump Social 
yeah. is, is filed a $1.5 billion lawsuit against a whole host of media outlets, Over 20- including, including MSNBC, CNBC, Reuters, Axios, and the list goes on. So I reported on the show that, uh, I'm not sure if I reported or not, but uh, that uh, True Social lost $73 million. Which was a lot. Which is a lot of money. Well, yeah. uh Trump says, no, that's not true. It's just absolutely been a fabricated story, and it was reported across all media uh, outlets, including MSNBC, CNN. You just go down the list, and uh, he's basically saying, you can't do that. That's, he's that- suing the Daily Mail. He's suing um, the Daily Beast. He's suing um, just uh, the, the Guardian. Yeah. See, the, have, at, is, have at it. I can't and this wait. And this is why I'm very supportive. And this is not a, a Republican or Democrat issue or a political issue at all. You don't have a right to defame people. And you need to do, do your investigations about what the truth is. Just because you read it in another media outlet that Reuters reported it, you can't take it as the gospel. You can't report it. No, and, and, and I have to— You need to be responsible for what you're reporting. Well, and, and just so you know, I mean, I, I've— I log on to the Daily Mail all the time because it's the biggest media um, avenue in the whole wide world. However, what they report all the time is not true. Right. I mean, not all the time. They, 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 they report everything that's out there. Right. Everything. And then they have to suddenly disappear it because it's not true. I have seen that happen so often where they report all these, these um, big headlines and whatever, and either they get sued or they just kind of make it disappear because they found out it's not true. Very dangerous to do that kind Well, of and I would suggest that uh, you cross-check all of your information with uh, different media sites. Uh, I look at about 20 different media sites every day, and the primary reason is because uh, people get it wrong. They don't well, always get it right. Well, they've been getting away with it for so long. Right. I mean, they've been putting out crap about Trump since how long? Right. In fact, I talked to a guy over lunch, and he says, oh, Trump is a moron. And he, you know, and, and basically, when, when I listen to people like that talking, he's a bright guy. That I'm talking about the guy I was talking to. Obviously, his sources of information are very tainted. Well, and, and you know, I, I talk to um, people about this um, – a lot and and they say well i can't believe that that's true well did you look into it yeah. did you actually look into where this information is coming from no they don't they don't do their own investigation and i think that's what what donald trump and and his running for president to begin with has just opened the door to people asking questions about what's really going on and they're they're finding out that the media is one of the biggest culp- culprits of passing on disinformation, misinformation, and blatant lies for years and years and years, all to further the narrative of the deep state and the Democrat Party. See, it's, it's, it used to be that media outlets were, had a responsibility to report the news, and reporting the news was kind of a lost leader for networks. They did it because they set aside 15 minutes an hour, whatever it might be, 10 minutes an hour, in order to report the news. Now it's become a profit center, and it's now the number of clicks. The story... It's, the stories they're not they're not measured on the quality of the news they're measured on the number of clicks that's you know that's that's why i i troll uh some of these um these uh hosts on on talk shows like Brett Bear or or Maria Bartiroma just to give two examples because they live in a bubble they're only fed the information that their producers give them yeah i am firmly convinced that Maria Bartiroma and i i'm i will welcome an argument to prove me wrong. I don't think she does her own research because the stuff she reports is fed to her by the producers on her show. It's it's just infuriating. Yeah. And now people like Matt Gates and people um, uh, who are who are not afraid to speak out are calling people out on it. I mean, I was so appalled that she had Kevin McCarthy on on her show on Sunday to guess what. To, to badmouth Tim Burchette and Matt Gates about, oh, they're going to be ousted because of what they did to me. And, and, and Tim Burchette, uh, he, I never elbowed him in the back. Well, really? Where's Tim Burchette to, to, yeah, yeah. to uh, talk right next to him? It is so appalling. The media is so appalling. And never forget what Nancy Pelosi said in one of her little pressers when she was Speaker of the House. She says, this is how you, you um, create a narrative. You make up something. You give it to the press. They think it's true. They run with it, and there you go. Yeah, that's all you need to do. How dishonest and evil is that? Yeah, pretty dishonest and evil. And 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 oh, by the way, look at Adam Schiff and 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 what he got away with, with doing exactly 
Exactly. He is the biggest perpetrator of lies, maybe, on Capitol Hill. And yet he just pushed out lie after lie after lie. And the stupid media is going, okay, well, that sounds good. We don't like Trump, so we'll run with it. That's right. Linda, I always appreciate your commentary here on the show. I hope you're going to have a great Thanksgiving. In fact, I'm going to spend it with you. I'm looking forward to it. And happy almost birthday. Uh, Thank you. All right, well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did. We've got some great guests for tomorrow's show as well. Uh, If you enjoy the show, I hope you pass the word on to your friends. That's one of the ways we build our uh, listenership as well as supporting our advertisers, and we can't do the show without them. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com. <laughs>